0: Welcome to the club no one ever wanted to join. This is Refused, the unofficial podcast of Eliasm.org. Having a tough time spelling that? It's an acronym for I Live in a Sexless Marriage. Listen to stories, articles, and sometimes the dark humor experienced by those in sexless marriages here on Refused. On Eliasm.org, you'll see much wiser people than me give advice on coping with sexless marriage and you may see my less useful posts under the name Mirror Orchid. Until then, you've suffered enough. On with the show. This is the first of a six-part series which appeared on the Curmudgeonly Librarian blog in 2015. As a foreword, for the purpose of pronoun simplicity, note that this post, and the others to follow, are addressed to refused husbands. However. Refuse wives, if you are the one in the marriage who desires more sexual intimacy, please keep listening, because pretty much everything CSL has written applies to you as well. As always, this caveat. CSL is unabashedly and unashamedly a conservative Christian, and what he writes reflects his belief. Forewarned is forearmed, and if that is too much to swallow, then please spare yourself any perturbation. No harm, no foul, as they say addressing the sexless marriage, part one. According to different writers and researchers, the phenomenon of marriages with a restricted or non-existent sex life is on the rise in America. One figure I've seen tossed about says that in one in five, twenty percent of all marriages are sexless, or nearly so. I've hinted at the topic in previous posts, but now I'm going to write about attempting to address and change a sexless marriage. Before I do, however, I want to give some pre-advice, something for anyone who finds themselves in this situation, and that is to give serious thought to your approach before starting any course of action. Approaching a spouse who is throttling the marriage bed is not an easy task. A sexless marriage isn't dealt with by a casual, hey, you know, our frequency is down and I think we should make love more often. Anyone expecting a, you know, you're right, let's get it on, is living in La La Land, and has low-flying Florida waterfront property in their investment portfolio. Yes, a spouse who creates the sexless marriage needs to be confronted, but before the throttle e approaches the throttler, he or she needs to do some serious thinking. First count the cost. In Luke 14, Jesus told this small parable. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able, with 10,000, to meet him who comes against him with 20? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation to ask for terms of peace. In the same vein, the refuse best needs to decide if going to the mattresses is worth it. One man I know said that the stormiest two years of his marriage were the two years he refused to let the sexless state of his marriage be. He could have just sucked it up and continued in his denied state, but since he'd been pretty much sexually denied for 15 years, he'd had enough, and so he and his wife fought about sex for two years. Anyone in the same situation will have to give this possibility consideration. After all, Is a marital sex life worth the ruckus that it will take to create one? Or is marital peace so dear as to be purchased at the price of accepting imposed celibacy? In a previous post, I presented a quote from Dr. Corey Allen taken from a Sexy Marriage radio podcast. Quote, even before you have this conversation, and I'm going to speak directly to the partner that is interested in sex in the marriage, before you even have this conversation, you need to have a little, maybe a lot? of soul searching. Is a sexless marriage a deal breaker for you? What do you really believe? What do you really want in your marriage? Is life without sex with your spouse a possibility? Is this a deal breaker? That's a rough, tough journey." End quote. I'm presenting this quote. Anyone thinking about confronting their sexless marriage? Stop and think long and hard about it first. Here's why. It might go well, you say to your wife. Wife, I'm not happy with our sex life. We don't make love anymore. We need to reactivate our marriage bed. And there is a chance that she might say, you know, you're right, let's. But there's also the chance that she will say, sex, that's all you ever think about. You're a sex fiend, a sex addict. Why don't you learn some self-control? I know of one man who approached his wife with his concern and suggested marriage counseling. And was met with a full-blown screaming temper tantrum in the middle of the kitchen that only ended when he promised that he would never mention it again. That show of strength on his part, being willing to back down in the face of emotional bullying and threatening pretty much sealed his sexless state for the rest of the marriage. So before beginning the action of dealing with the sexless state of your marriage, heed Corey Allen's advice and do some serious soul searching just how important is having a sex life with your wife to you? I don't know your situation, the length of time that you have been frustrated in your marriage. I know of men and women who tell of being kept nearly sexless for 20 and 30 years. If your situation is that it's only been 5 or 6 years, ask yourself, how long are you willing to go along this way? Another 5? 10? Can you go an entire marriage being denied a sex life? These are serious matters. And notice what Cory Allen says to consider. Is a sexless marriage a deal-breaker for you? Are you willing to stay in a sexless marriage in which your spouse imposes celibacy on you? I can hear the question, CSL, don't you support marriage? Yes, I do. However, in the words of that Cole Porter song, I'm always true to you in my fashion. I'm always true to you in my way. I support marriage in my fashion. However, my support for marriage might not look like someone else's support for marriage. I've made clear in earlier posts on my blog that I believe that the Church has created an idol of marriage and condemns Christians needlessly to a life of misery in the name of holy matrimony. But let me turn this around and ask you this. Do you know who isn't supporting marriage? The throttling spouse who chokes the sex life out of a marriage for whatever reason. That's who. After all. Didn't that spouse, in saying her vows, promise to enter into a sexual relationship? And before you get the answer wrong, let me say, yes, she did. When a man and a woman stand before the preacher or justice of the peace and say, I do, they are saying that they are willing to get it on and do it. A sex life in a marriage is not a topic for debate, it's a given. In my covenant or contract posts, I wrote that marriage is a contract which can be broken and voided. I believe that marriage is a sexual relationship, and if one spouse decides unilaterally, for whatever reason, that sex is ended in the marriage, then the marriage is ended. Why? Because that spouse has unilaterally voided the marriage contract. And I'm not the only one who believes this to be the case, no less a personage than Martin Luther, the great reformer, wrote that sexual abandonment of marriage is valid ground for divorce, with no stigma of sin attached. This is from his essay, The Estate of Marriage, in 1522. The third case for divorce is that in which one of the parties deprives and avoids the other, refusing to fulfill the conjugal duty, or to live with the other person. For example, one finds many a stubborn wife, like that who will not give in, and who cares not a whit whether her husband falls into the sin of unchastity ten times over. Here it is time for the husband to say, if you will not, another will. The maid will come if the wife will not. Only first the husband should admonish and warn his wife two or three times and let the situation be known to others, so that her stubbornness becomes a matter of common knowledge and is rebuked before the congregation. If she still refuses, get rid of her. Take an Esther, or let Vashti go, as King Asurus did in Esther 1, chapter 1, verse 1. Here you should be guided by the words of St. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 4 and 5. The husband does not rule over his own body, but the wife does. Likewise, the wife does not rule over her own body, but the husband does. Do not deprive each other except by agreement, etc. Notice that St. Paul forbids either party to deprive the other, for by the marriage vow each submits his body to the other in conjugal duty. When one resists the other and refuses the conjugal duty, she is robbing the other of the body she has bestowed upon him. This is really contrary to marriage, and dissolves the marriage." But, C. S. L., I don't agree with you. Fine. Never said you had to. It's your privilege to disagree with me. Just understand that it is my privilege to disagree with you. Be that as it may, my advice still stands before approaching a refusing, denying spouse. You must give consideration to just how far you are willing to go in seeking to restore your marriage to a healthy, functioning state. Next post, I'll address... addressing... A refusing spouse with the talk. Footnotes about resources mentioned. CSL cited a quote from Dr. Corey Allen of Sexy Marriage Radio. To hear the entire podcast, Google Sexy Marriage Radio and find podcast number 122 entitled The Sexless Marriage. To read the Martin Luther essay, The Estate of Marriage, Google the search phrase, The Estate of Marriage Luther, and choose the U- University of Oregon website. That's today's show. Thanks for listening. Drop by eliasm.org to learn a whole lot more about sexless marriages and what to do about them, or just find a sympathetic ear. That's I L I A S M.org. We're sorry you tuned in, but do it again soon. This podcast was narrated and edited by Mirror Orchid. The Addressing the Sexless Marriage essay series is written by CSL and can be found at curmudgeonlylibrarian.wordpress.com. The intro and outro music is sampled from the instrumental Drown in Thoughts on the album Illusions by X. Tickerix, whose name I may be butchering available at freemusicarchive.org. This episode of Refused is not brought to you by McLobster. Look, lobster meat in a hot dog bun is a thing. McDonald's didn't make it up, believe me. If it's summer and you're in the northern northeast, you may just have the chance to try the Golden Arches attempt at the lobster roll sandwich. Chopped lobster with McLobster sauce, in a hot dog bun. McLobster, be sure to use your best Pepperidge Farm Guy accent when you order. So long. You're not alone. It'll be okay. I need a better sign off.